This is the Living Prophets Podcast, and I'm your host, Mark Maxmeister. What's in a name? Names are very powerful, and today I bring you two short pieces of sermons from Dr. Justin Osterman, talking about working in Guantanamo as a translator, and Reverend Rob Hardy's talking about the name of God. What's in a name? A tremendous amount. In 2005, some of you know, I became the only non-military clergy person to meet and speak with prisoners in Guantanamo Bay. I went down there with a couple of attorneys to interpret for them. I speak Arabic. And um, it's a long story. We didn't even know if these, these two Tunisian prisoners knew we were coming. We didn't know if they would believe what they were, we were here to help them. We didn't know if they would believe that we were anything other than the CIA trying to coax an interrogation out of them. And so I went with these two attorneys, and we, we met uh, Mahmoud and Rafiq. And uh, so I remember sitting down with Mahmoud, and I did, did the first thing I knew to do, which was introduce us by name in Arabic. And then I took out a piece of paper and just wrote down, I transliterated our English names into Arabic so he could read them fully. And I didn't realize what I had done at the time because in Guantanamo Bay, all the military have name tags on. They cover them with duct tape. So no prisoner can ever read the name of his jailer. And all the prisoners are referred to by identification numbers. Uh, Muhammad was 892. Rafiq was 894. They had been completely isolated from identification. They'd had their identities taken from them, and they never knew the identities of their jailers. And what I understand in retrospect is when I walked into that prison cell and did the most natural, common thing, I never even thought twice about it, which was to identify myself by name and help this person understand exactly who I was, that was all they needed to believe that we were there to help them. So what's in a name? our identity, our heritage, maybe our hopes, maybe our aspirations. God, at least you've got to give me a sign. You know, you've got to give me some kind of credential so that the people will believe me. At least give me your name. Now, this is actually the dramatic high point of the story right here. If you were listening to this story back in the 1000 BC or, or 1300 AD or even in 1750, you would have gasped when Moses asked that question, God, tell me your name. Because you just don't ask God God's name. That's not something that mortals are supposed to do. It's, it's considered impertinent and, and impolite. Kind of like asking a woman her age, <laughs> except worse. <laughs> so, so people are now hanging on their breath. They're saying, well, what's going to happen here? Is God going to smite Moses for his impertinence? Is he, is he going to dodge the question like a presidential candidate? <laughs> God answers him. God says to Moses, Ehiyeh, Asher, Ehiyeh. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. 
Ahiah has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Now, the meaning of those three Hebrew words is one of the most contested mysteries in the entire Bible. Ehyeh, Asher, Ehyeh. In almost every authorized translation, those words read, I am who I am. Ehyeh is the imperfect form of the verb to be. Almost everywhere else in the Bible, when Ehyeh appears, it is translated not I am, but I will be. Which means that the most plausible name for God is not I am who I am, but I will be who I will be. Sometimes church is just like the Da Vinci Code. We get to unwrap the mysteries of the Bible. And it's exciting. It's kind of radical for God to name God's self. Think about it in the imperfect tense. It upends all the things that we were supposed to believe about God, that God was eternal and unchanging and the all-powerful cause. I will be who I will be suggests that God is somehow not complete, not yet fully formed. It suggests that God is still becoming. God is saying to Moses, don't think of me as the all-powerful cause of your suffering or of your liberation, but as the ever-present possibility even in your darkest hour. Where is the potential good, the possible justice, the future love that I am being called to in this very moment?